Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. So you know how they say that contention is of the devil? Well, maybe the devil's been in the Smith home (laughs) lately because there has been a healthy dose of contention. And today we're going to talk about contention and what we are striving to do to rid to rid our house of the devil (laughs) of the contention and so i feel like usually our podcast episodes are like i don't know if you want to say more high level it's i don't know that's the best word more like what do you mean more um like your goals and your dreams like big concepts big concepts deep thinking yes this one is like where the rubber meets the road it's like What's happening day to day in my family? <laughs> How are we actually <laughs> treating each other? Yes, which isn't as fun to talk about as like some of those those other things. Um, but that's where we find ourselves right now. And so we thought, you know, this would actually be, I think, a good a good conversation to have. It's been it's been good for us to visit the last the last few days. Um, so basically, when we moved to Hawaii, we moved to Hawaii. Um, in December of 2020. And when we moved, we had lived in the same house in Arizona for, I think, eight years prior. And we've never lived outside of Arizona. So what we did by moving to Hawaii was like a big thing as far as it like really uprooted routines and the known and the expected for everyone in our family. I don't think we really fully anticipated that we knew it was a disruption but it wasn't until we did it we're like wow we we just disrupted about everything you could possibly disrupt for a family or or, or children not in a bad way but it's just it's just disruptive it was yeah and again i think some families do that more often than than others and they're maybe used to it ours was not used to it though and so we found when we first moved to Hawaii, probably for the first i don't know month or two at least there was a lot of fighting and there was a lot of just generally not getting along and emotions and any other, any other descriptor you could put in there for just not. I also also think our kids didn't have a lot of friends at that point. So we were spending a lot of time together. So the only thing there was to do was kind of tease each other and we were just together a lot. Yeah, I think that definitely contributed to it because we moved there again the beginning of December and then they didn't even start school till the end of January. So it was just a lot all at once. And so and remember and it got better after time. I think it was just in Hawaii it was just a time thing. It just took a while. But it started getting better. And then so when we moved to back to Arizona, so one year later last December we moved back to Arizona. 
But when we moved back to Arizona, it was to a town that we've never lived before, two hours from where we've ever lived before. So it was starting over again. And our kids didn't know anyone, new routines, new habits. And again, we moved in the middle of December. And so it was, again, another month where they weren't meeting friends or it was just all of us thrown into a house together again. But this time, Melissa and I were silly enough, I think, to believe like, oh, but we we know we know this now. We, we've got this covered. There won't be a contention this time because we weren't prepared for it in Hawaii. But this time, we'll, we can foresee it. We'll make sure it doesn't happen again. Well, and I think for me, I didn't think I would make sure it didn't happen again. I, but I just knew like, this is going to happen again. Yeah, maybe it's more that. I think I thought more like we can get out in front of it. But I do remember you bringing the awareness to our family of like, hey, this this happened in Hawaii. It could happen here. And I was probably thinking like, no, it's not going to happen here. <laughs> it's it worse. happened here. <laughs> um, okay. So, so now at the time of recording, it's the beginning of March. It's been about three months since we've moved from Hawaii to this new, this new home here in Arizona. And I feel like things have been on the decline. I don't know if it's gotten worse, but it's just stayed the same. So I was just thinking about it the other day and maybe on Sunday and thinking that, um, I think it's become the new culture in our home and the new culture looks like teasing, fighting, trash talking, trash talking. <laughs> Everything's a competition. Yeah. Our, our kids um, love competition, which I think is kind of fun sometimes, but usually it, it goes south quickly. <laughs> We've come to the conclusion that we may not be suited for family games, we board games, card games, ever doing any type of, <laughs> competitive thing in our home. So I don't, I don't want the tone of this episode to be like negative. I feel, but I just want to paint the picture for like, that that's where we find ourselves. And, and I have been reading lately in um, this year, we're reading in the old Testament a lot. And it actually has been really useful for me as I've been reading in there to realize like, you know what, this is not, I mean, I know this, that it's not just our family, but I'm like, this is a tale as old as time. <laughs> I was actually pretty encouraged when I read about, re- reread the story this week about Joseph's brother selling him. I'm like, yeah, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't sold anyone. No, no children are trying to get rid of another family member. <laughs> no, but it really is like, it's just, but I think you had this intuition that, Hey, this isn't just a phase we're in. This is actually without us realizing it. This has actually started to become a little bit the the, the default culture in our home, and yeah. that to me, when is when when you said that, I was like, "You're right," and that is that's a risk. Like when it's again, it's one thing to go through a phase in a company or in a family or in a home, but when it starts to set in as like this is the culture, and I think that's when you had this intuition of, "Okay, we gotta get back to the culture of love and connection and belonging and peacemaking." Yes. And so I just want to share with you some of the things that the conversations we've been having, some of the things we've been doing the last few days to kind of address this and try and have a reset of our, of our family culture. So what it looked like was, first of all, one of us initially, me having the awareness, like, okay, something has to change. And then I brought that to Chris and we discussed, Hey, what do you think about this? And then I said, Hey, I want to have, I want to have a meeting with the family about this and we'll let's get everyone's input on how they think the culture has been. What do they think it's what's been in their experience, like living in our family the last few weeks, where do they think maybe some places are that we can improve and just really get everyone's input on the situation. I think though you were really, it was really brilliant how you approached it. So Melissa printed out these coloring sheets 
the same coloring page for everyone. And the top said, I can be a peacemaker. I can be a peacemaker. And it was this picture of these like three, they look to be siblings. One of them looks sad and the other two are kind of comforting him and hugging him. But I think the way you set it up was really smart. You didn't, you didn't set us all down and say, okay, we're gonna have this really serious conversation around the fact that we haven't been getting along and there's all these problems. At first you just said, Hey, I want everyone to come sit down and color a picture and Melissa turned on meditation music. And no one really knew. I mean, I knew, but the kids just were coloring this picture that said, yes, I, or I can be a peacemaker. Yeah. So I brought them everyone to the kitchen table. Usually we have these kind of talks on the couch, but I was like, no, let's do something different. So brought everyone to the kitchen table, put out a ton of colored pencils and everyone just started coloring. And, and like Chris said, we had some quiet meditation music on and then we colored for a minute. And then I said, Hey, let's, I want you guys all to color. See if you can color without talking for like two or three minutes. And so everyone was just kind of with their own thoughts for that, for that short period of time with that music playing. And then, um, we asked everyone, and then I asked everyone, like, how do you guys feel right now? And it was actually really cool. Everyone, you know, verbalized, like, I feel, I feel really good. Like I feel peaceful. And then, Chris started even talking. He's like, yeah, this, the stillness allowed me to start thinking of like this happy memory that our family had in Hawaii. And then it was, it was just a cool trip. I don't know. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if he knows what he was saying, but he's six years old and he goes, I feel present. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's right. But yeah, it was, it was just, but I love the way you approached it. I think if you had approached it, probably the way I would have approached it is like, okay, sit down. We're having a come to Jesus meeting. We've been fighting. It's going to end. But I think you just, you let us actually experience the very thing that you're, you let us experience the culture and the feeling that you actually want to create. And then you say, hey, how does it feel right now? And it was, yeah. People said, oh, it feels peaceful. It feels happy. It feels, you know, joyful. It feels like, I felt connected. Even though none of us were talking, just us being, that's one of the feelings that came up for me is like, it just feels connected. And then we opened it up like, hey, how do you guys feel like we've been doing lately with with uh, our, our, I didn't say culture, but what did I, I don't even remember what yeah, I Yeah, I think you said, I think after those questions, you said, and do you guys feel like this is the kind of feeling we've had overall lately in our home? And everyone was like, no. Like, it, it, it was obvious to our children as well. Maybe not on the surface, but once. Once prompted a little bit. Yeah. And they say, why is that? And I think they started talking about like, yeah, we've probably been fighting more than we usually do, teasing each other more, lots of like competition, trash talking. And there was like, and then I think it was, you, you asked us like, and how has that felt? So I think it was really good to associate all of it with feeling mm-hmm. like, how does this feel? And then how has it felt? That wasn't necessarily intentional. I was more approaching it like, okay, what's something that would be a little more engaging than just like sitting on the couch. But I think what's really interesting about that and profound that I've never thought about is I think culture is a feeling Hmm. in a lot of ways. Like when you talk about what's the culture in that company, what's the culture in that store, what's the culture in that home, a lot of the adjectives that would be used to describe culture are feelings. It's a culture of love. It's a culture of peace. It's a culture of chaos. It's a culture of disorganization. It's a culture of like... They're things, but they can also be, a, there's a feeling to it. It reminds me too, I have a friend that if you're familiar with the um, movie, I guess called The Secret, I think it's a book too, but it, it's this idea that basically what you think will will come about. But she's like, no, that's actually not the last step. You actually have to have the feeling 
first. That's part of it. So it's just thinking about it and it's creating that feeling. And in this moment, I'm like, oh, that is exactly yeah, what we did. It's like you create the feeling within yourself first and then you're, the universe creates experiences to support that. So yeah, hopefully that <laughs> that starts happening. But um, so from there, we talked about, okay, what what are some things that you think our family could do to be more connected that you think we could do to have less contention and really got everyone's feedback and some things that they said were no trash talking. And, and they all, and every one of us identified and recognized that the trash talking always starts out harmless and it usually is kind of fun. Everyone's having fun with it. They're just, but it, it never ends up being fun. You should give an example of what trash talking might look like. If anyone doesn't know what that term means. Yeah. So it's like, if we're going to go outside and do anything as a family, like play baseball, jump on the trampoline, rope the dummy, um, throw the baseball, play football. Which rope the dummy is, we have this. It's like a little small fake cow, plastic cow that you rope it with ropes because our team rope. The kids love doing that. But regardless, it's like, oh yeah, I can do a backflip better than you. It's like, no, I can do a backflip better than you. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to smoke you in basketball. it's like, it's just, again, and it usually starts out kind of, but anyways, we, everyone realized we could just avoid it all together. Even if it isn't good fun, just avoiding trash talking. That was one of the big things. I think a second thing was teasing is the same. Most of the teasing starts out in good, good humor, good fun, but like it never ends well. So it's, let's just eliminate teasing at the, anytime we're teasing at the expense of others, it's not going to turn out well. And then our family, part of our family vision statement is that we are committed to elevate. And so we decided, you know, I think we could do more of that in our family, turn that trash talking and that teasing into every interaction in every interaction is more of like, no, I'm going to, I want to elevate you. Like, good job. Like good try. Yeah. So for example, last night we were, we were actually out roping the dummy and trip missed and Tate said no tempo, which it means no time. So like it's a timed event, right? When you're roping and uh trip was roping the feet and he missed. And in, in, instead of saying, oh, Trip, you'll get it next time or nice try or just not saying anything. He, but he, again, that's just kind of become normal in our family. It wasn't like a bad thing. And Trip, Trip actually asked him, Tate, will you please stop? <laughs> <laughs> and Tate's like, sure. But just little things. Yeah. So elevate and inspire, no trash talking, no teasing. And then it's funny, this morning I saw on Instagram stories, our church had actually put out, I was like, maybe they were listening to us, three tips for less contention in your family. <laughs> And I thought they were really good. And the first tip is take away the fuel. And what they said I thought was interesting is nothing fuels an argument like more arguing. Like nothing fuels contention like more contention. Nothing mm-hmm. fuels teasing like more teasing. Or And it's like, so what if you just simply refuse to argue? What if you're like, it's going to take someone, right? But what if you're just the one that just refuses to tease back or to argue or to trash talk back? What do you think is another way of saying be the peacemaker? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Like take away the fuel. Another thing that had me think about take away the fuel is what are situations maybe that I, cause just like a fire needs fuel to burn an argument or contention needs fuel to keep going. I think sometimes I create contention without meaning to like, I'll pit the kids against each other. Or I'll, I'll turn something into a competition when it doesn't even need to be. It can just be fun. Maybe part of taking away the fuel. I, I'm serious about this. I joked on the podcast, but I like, I think we need to pause playing any games as a family for a while like card games, board games, until we can learn to do it without talking crazy amounts of trash and like <laughs> getting mad, you know? So maybe that's actually fuel 
in some ways. And that could look different for every family, but I thought that was really kind of a, a great suggestion is just take away the fuel. Don't argue back, be the peacemaker. The second one was show love. And I thought it was, I never thought about this story in this way, but when the woman is taken in adultery and she's brought to Jesus before he responds, he draws in the dirt. And I've never considered that the reason he was drawing in the dirt was to give himself time to think about how to respond. Mm. And Melissa and I've talked about this so much lately that we can do way. And we told our kids like, look, we are complicit in the contention. <laughs> it's not, we're not just talking to you guys about your contention. Like we've been more irritable and more contentious ourselves with each other and with the kids. And so Melissa and I've talked about, you know, sometimes maybe the most useful thing that we can do, Melissa and I just remove ourselves from the situation for a minute before we react and lose our temper and like just go in our room. And I think that's equivalent to like Jesus, like drawing in the dirt and deciding like, cause most times if I react, it's not going to be in love, but if I can figure out a way to create some time and some space, I might be able to respond. Yeah. I love that. And then the last one, which I thought was actually a really great suggestion was just pray, like pray for more love for your family, pray for more understanding, like pray to not get mad. And I'm just realizing that in all this time of realizing that contentions become a bit of our culture that I haven't prayed a whole lot about it. I think another thing that comes to mind right here is that I think we approached it yesterday where we each were taking responsibility. And I think that's really important too, is that every person in the family bears a hundred percent responsibility for the culture of the family. Cause I think then it can get into pitting each other against each other again. If it's like, well, you do this and you do that. I think it needs to be, you know, we all are going to agree that we are responsible for what has happened. And we're also going to all take responsibility for the new possibility that we're going to create together. Should we talk about what happened on the drive up to get ice cream after this very conversation? We're airing all of our dirty laundry today in an effort to a make you feel like, Oh, we're not the only ones because <laughs> anyway, and be like, okay, we're trying. And these are some things we're trying and take, take what you what you can from it. So yeah, go ahead. So we just had this really powerful conversation that Melissa created and facilitated. It was awesome. And there was like this general feeling in our home of peace and connection. And it was, it was awesome. And then we're like, Hey, let's go get some ice cream. You know, let's, we'll go up to Walmart and everyone can kind of pick like something that they want. Cause Melissa and I love these. I think I've talked about it before yes, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So bars, <laughs> get you some. Yeah. So bars. Yeah. So bars. If you're listening, sponsor our podcast and on the way up, Again, Melissa does this fun activity. It's meant to be a fun activity. It's where, and it goes along with what we talked about. And the activity was look at each other, try to make faces at each other and try to get the other person to laugh. But then it's a game of like, can you control your emotions? And can you control like how you respond or react? So it's meant to like further drive home this idea of when someone does something to you, you can react or you can respond, right? Mm -hmm. And to try and respond. And what do you know? Within two seconds, our kids turn it into a competition and start talking trash. Oh, yeah. I'm going to destroy you in this game. I bet I can make you laugh in 10 seconds. You're not going to be good at this game at all. <laughs> We're like, what is happening? <laughs> and then I turn over and look at Melissa and I'm like, and then I'm mad at Melissa. I'm like, wow, why would you do this? Why would you create a game? You know, our kids can't play games like this. It's like, take away the fuel. That's what it made me think of. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, I didn't realize that our family couldn't handle this game. I feel like every other family in the world could probably handle this game. So on the way, 
I'm arguing with Melissa from the front seat. Our kids are falling apart in the back. I turn the car around. <laughs> We're not getting ice cream. The kids fall apart even more. And then I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way. And honestly, I was, if I'm being totally transparent, I was like, my second motivation was, how do I turn this into a positive? My number one motivation was like, I want a Yasso bar. <laughs> I don't want to go home empty handed. <laughs> and so I pulled over and because uh, one of the kids did ask, is there anything we can do to get back our chance? Is there anything we can do? Which I love that question because I've taught my kids to ask open-ended questions, not like yes or no. Like, what can we do or what would we have to do? And I was like, well, what if we use this as an opportunity to actually decide how we'll respond when we have been contentious or when we have teased, we have talked trash? Like, could we, can we all acknowledge and take 100% responsibility right now for w- w- the role we played in this and have a cool conversation? Because I th- do think like if this is going to happen, it's so easy. Contention to me a lot of times is because, well, you did this or no, you said that. And if you wouldn't have done this, but if one person even, if, if both people are willing to be 100% responsible, it's great. But even if just one person is, right, it takes away that fuel. So we did. We all acknowledged really powerfully and took responsibility. And I felt like the minute we did that, it like recreated that feeling. And then we went up and we, we had a great night. And so yeah, it's just, it's not perfect. Like, but I do really appreciate that Melissa recognized and had the intuition that this isn't just like a phase we're in. This has become the culture and how do we change the culture? And then this idea that culture is a feeling. And, and so maybe a takeaway in addition to some of these other tips we've shared is maybe just really sit and think like, what is the feeling in our home and how we, could we create more of the feeling that we want to have in our home? Yeah. I love that. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say, thank you. We have something really awesome. We'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.